Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, uh, joined by none other than Paul Wadlington, uh, the esteemed Paul Wadlington. It's tale of the tape. And since the Longhorns don't have a game this week, Paul, I figure what we do is maybe break down the upcoming schedule for the rest of the year and then also talk a little Big 12 football, uh, you know, and just give Longhorn fans a breakdown of where the schedule is right now, as well as where uh, Texas sits in the Big 12. That sounds like something you want to do today? That sounds great. Uh, I do want to say the only esteem I get is when I bring my shirts into the dry cleaner. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this tale of, of tape brought to you by uh, our friend Gabe uh, Winslow at Mortgages by Gabe. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, Paul, let's, let's start with Texas has six games remaining. Longhorns clearly favored in all six games. Um, Texas plays U of H. Uh, that's the first game back after the bye week this weekend. Uh, then they go uh, and host BYU and then host Kansas State, followed by road trips to both TCU and Iowa State before closing out at home against Texas Tech. All right, so let's let's talk about U of H right now. The Cougars, uh, you know, I, we don't know what they're going to do this weekend, but it's possible Dana Dana Hil Holgerson is is coaching for his career right now, right? I mean, that's or at least his time in in Houston. Yeah, we've we've heard of the tarmac treatment. Dana could get the the Houston overpass treatment. Right? <laughs> um, hey, I mean, it is the the Holgerson Revenge Bowl, right? I mean, West Virginia was pretty offended and irritated that Holgo made what he deemed as a, a lateral move to a G5 school uh, for recruiting reasons and, and some other stuff. And then, uh, of course, they, now they're in the same league. And, and West Virginia's the surprise team of the league thus far. It's a bit early. But uh, Neil Brown's a guy. Talk about a guy who was a – it was a race between Neil Brown and Dana Holgerson who's going to get fired first. Neil Brown's in pretty good shape right now uh, going into his bye. And, and they're, that's, of course, who Houston is hosting this weekend. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, U of H, uh, what are their strengths for Texas to worry about? Do they have strengths? Uh, obviously, <laughs> Donovan Smith was uh, the, the transfer from Texas Tech that beat Texas a year ago and looked pretty good doing it. Uh, has that just not clicked down in uh, Cougar land? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, was quarterback present to beat Texas is the main qual. I mean, that's Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, right? Right. So you know, there's probably some other stuff that went behind that. But no, it, it's not fully clicked with him. Uh, they do have good receivers, good, talented, deep receiver core. Matthew Golden is the headliner. Holgerson has a good offensive mind. He really does. But U of H is, doesn't have a great defense. They run hot and cold on offense in a big way. And they're just not a consistent football team. Same deal as last year. They don't have a ton of discipline in, in some key areas. And you know, I, I like Holgo. I, I think he's a, a cool guy in the game, and I, I, th I think he's a neat guy, but uh, I don't think I'd want him to be my football coach, to be honest. So, Well, I, 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 I look at the rest of this schedule. The, the team that has the least amount of losses on the remaining schedule for the Longhorns right now is BYU. The Cougars are actually 4-1. and one. They have a road win at Arkansas. They beat Cincinnati in conference. They're 1-1 one one in conference. But that comes right after the U of H game. And BYU typically has given Texas a lot of problems in years past. Of course, this is a different team in conference play, and they're in Austin as well. Uh, what do you think about Texas in the BYU matchup? Yeah, different team, different different personnel, different everything. I, I don't put too much stock in it. But, you know, it's fun sort of media framing for any contest. 
Right. Uh, Keaton Slovis has been all right. You know, I say one thing about BYU is they've gotten healthy over their bye week. They just have a bye week. And uh, yeah, their receivers have gotten healthy. They've gotten healthier as, as a team. They benched their starting tackle, the transfer from Oklahoma State, Caleb Etienne, and they've seen some improvement there. Bottom line is Keaton Slovis is probably about an above average quarterback. They can't run the ball at all. And they're totally reliant on their passing game, which has been pretty workmanlike. Uh, their defense has improved, but not by much. They don't have a ton of impact players. And if you look at the box scores of their games, they're they're winning, but win expectancy actually suggests that their opponent should have won, or maybe it's 50-50 toss-up. So, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I know – Texas fans are, are licking their wounds right now after that really disappointing OU loss in the final seconds. But I think Texas is going to beat Houston. I think they're going to beat BYU. And I think we're going to feel a lot better about ourselves in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Got it. Uh, KSU, uh, Kansas State comes to Austin uh, the very next weekend, November 4th. Uh, and in the preseason, Paul, this looked like it might be a really difficult matchup. The defending Big 12 champs. But it just doesn't seem like things have clicked for Will Howard and Chris Kleiman this season, uh, despite getting pretty good play from their new running back, Treshawn Ward. Uh, DJ Giddens also obviously in there. But it looks like they haven't really, I, I guess, replaced the guys they had on defense all that well. And uh, they, they haven't been able to, to just control the game like they were last year a lot. Yeah, terrific observations. They, I, I'd written about this in my preview that KSU's defense was going to take a step down. That's exactly what happened. However, I thought they might mitigate that by playing climbing ball yeah. and playing wildcat ball and keeping the ball and, and really just controlling the game and the tempo. They keep turning it over, Bobby. Uh, they've run the ball really well. Will Howard has been sort of regressed. regressed. Uh, this year to to the prior Will Howard before last year's amazing breakout where he led them to, to the Big 12 title, right? Effectively on his arm for the most part. Uh, he's been turning it over quite a bit and the Kansas State offense has been inconsistent. You know, it's actually been kind of big play and, and not controlled the ball and that's exposed their defense. So they've got two losses and they've got a little bit, I mean, it's amazing to say this Th your third game in Big 12 conference play, but they're they're going to Texas Tech this weekend. And that's a bit of an existential game for both of those programs if they want to be, you know, in the dark horse running for the Big 12 championship. I'd take Tech in that game, that's for sure. I don't know what the, the line is, but uh, Tech Tech right now, I, I watched them play Baylor last weekend. Now, Baylor's made a lot of people look good of late, but uh, Tech dominated Baylor, in my opinion. Uh, K-State also misses a second real receiver. Uh, Kurt Warner's kid was a real good player for them. And I don't think they found anybody opposite Philip Brooks that really can play that role uh, as, as effectively as, uh, as his son did. Um, Texas then goes and starts a two game road trip after the KSU. Uh, they go to TCU and then to Iowa State on back to back weekends. TCU obviously made a big run last year. Uh, this year, they just look like a totally different team. Chandler Morris got injured uh, last week against Iowa State. I mean, they lost to Iowa State, and it wasn't actually that close. I mean, I watched a lot of that game on Saturday night. Iowa State kind of beat TCU up and didn't let them move the football. Um, uh, your, your thoughts on TCU-Texas at this point and where where that team stands? 
Yeah, I faded the frogs in the preseason for, for numerous reasons. Uh, very difficult for TCU to replace NFL, eight NFL draft picks, right. including multiple role players who weren't even draft picks but were vital to that team's success. I think they're going to have some growing pains, and I think they're going to get worse because they lost they lost uh, Morris. They lost Chandler Morris. So they're going to be starting, I believe, Josh Hoover. Yes. Yeah. He looked I, actually decent in, in a backup role. Okay. I, I don't know a ton about him, but I can't imagine that he's going to be an upgrade. Uh, I think the best they can hope for is is equivalence, and, and that, that might even be a stretch. So I think they're in a tough situation. And, man, hard to say this in mid mid-season, but – BYU coming in is a big deal, and it's a big game for them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, then, then Iowa State, they've kind of caught a, a little bit of a I – mean, what have they got, a two-game win streak right now, I think it is. I, they, they, I think they're trying to figure out their quarterback is the freshman. Uh, it's a one-game win streak, actually. They're three and three on the campaign, but they're two and one in conference. Uh, they still have a pretty good defense, though, even though Oklahoma lit them up. Yeah, they've revamped how they do things, so – They've just told Rocco Bex, like, we're putting the offense in your hands, and he's throwing it around. And I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think he actually kind of has some talent. I've, I've watched him. He's a turnover factory at times. But I think Campbell's just sort of grinning and bearing it on that in that regard. And then uh, the defense needs to get fixed. You know, I, Iowa State's gotten lit, lit up before. I mean, it's it's happened. The, the key is that Heacock typically regroups – make some adjustments and they end up rallying and playing pretty good defense. I don't know. I, I, I understand we play at Ames and that that's a concern. Uh, if we play poor football, then anyone's got a shot, but you know, I, I don't think Iowa state's quite the Iowa state of old and, they, and they're playing a different style to be honest, Bobby. Got it. Uh, what about Texas tech? That That's the, the end of the regular season for the Longhorns. Uh, the red Raiders uh, three and three overall two and one in conference. Um, put it on Baylor last week, but they lost to West Virginia in conference. Uh, what are your thoughts of the Red Raiders right now, Paul? New quarterback, Baron Morton. Uh, they're not running the quarterback. They're running Tyler Shuck 20, 25 times a game and completely neglecting their standard running game. Since then, they're they're playing sort of a, a stripped-down offense, and they're handing the ball off, and they're running the ball and doing it very effectively. Is, is it Taj Brooks? Yes, that's the, that's their number one guy. Yes. This is a guy who had like five or seven carries or something against Wyoming and, and Oregon. And now he's getting fed 25, 30 carries a game and he's responding. Uh, I think they're doing it also at pace in Zach Kitley's offense. And that seems to be presenting problems for people. I mean, uh, like Texas losing to Texas Tech at home is unthinkable right now. And I don't mean from a talent standpoint per se, but just – I don't want to deal with that nonsense. And, and if this team's not focused for that group and wanted to kick their asses, I don't know what to say. So, Right. Uh, I got it. Uh, I, I, I tend to think that Texas Tech, and you're right, Tosh Boyd uh, is uh, – Tosh Brooks, excuse me, is one of the uh, top ten running backs in the country right now as far as yards gained. Wow. Crazy. Uh, and so he's actually come on uh, quite a bit. Hey, uh, question for you overall. Uh, just as you look at this, which game do you think, do you circle and say, this might be one that trips Texas up? Uh, gosh. I mean, I would have, you know, at TCU, if they get Chandler Morris back, that might be interesting. 
right? He's got an MCL, so they think he is going to come back this year. Uh, you know, I guess theoretically tech, if you start off really poorly and that crowd and that hype and that energy actually starts to work against you. I'll be honest, Bobby, as on an individual basis, I don't see any team in an aggregation of percentages and you do the math, you know, maybe Texas wins, you know, loses another game, but on a game for game basis, I expect Texas to win out. Maybe, maybe yep. I'm being uh, delusional. All right. Uh, Paul, I, I, I expect them to as well, but you know, here we are. Uh, Texas wasn't supposed to lose to Oklahoma either. Uh, losing a, a tight one, 34 to 30. A lot of things had to go wrong and right. Uh, conversely for the Sooners. Uh, before we get going and talk about the rest of the Big 12 and really Texas's place within it, Paul, uh, do me a favor and please say thank you to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow. Gabe Winslow, a man whose place among mortgage brokers is at the very top, Bobby, in the state of Texas and indeed this great nation. Uh, you can reach him at 832-557-1095. Over 20 years in the industry, really sharp guy. He's got a law degree. He sees every angle, every side. Whether you've got a mortgage guy or, or you don't, Make sure you give him a call and make sure that if he's not your first call, you make him your darn sure he's your last call. Yeah, we appreciate his sponsorship. Thank you very much, Gabe. All right, let, let's try to break down the Big 12 right now. Oklahoma sits atop with three wins in conference. West Virginia is 2-0. and And then there are four teams that are all 2-1. and Texas among them, along with Iowa State, Kansas, and Texas Tech. Uh, then we have BYU, Kansas State. Oklahoma State, TCU, and Baylor, all with one win. Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida, all winless. Paul, you and I were talking about this before we came on. The combined record right now in conference of Big Twelve of the newcomers to the Big Twelve is currently one and eight. But their only win is against one another. BYU beat Cincinnati, so they're actually zero and seven against the league. Uh, what, what does that say anything about those newcomers to the big 12, but Bobby, what about all the TV sets they bring? <laughs> okay. Brett, your mark. You need to, <laughs> I'm going to schedule a pickup basketball game on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and that's going to highlight the big 12. Uh, I'm thinking of different Brett, your mark, basketball marketing initiatives. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's not good for them. Look, there's going to be a, a competitive gap for any schools moving from G5 to P5. But the idea and the premise of all these schools is they were sold as ready for prime time. Uh, these guys are ready for action. These are the, the cream of the crop of G5. And they look at look at their records and look what they're going to bring to the conference. And the fact is there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, what was more interesting to me is if you look at some of the TV ratings in the Big 12, in particularly the evening slots for some of the less desirable games. Ooh, boy. Uh, not good for the conference. Not good for their future post-Texas, post-Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got to be happy that Colorado's coming. Because Colorado right now, as far as TV sets, probably could have single-handedly helped save the Pac-12 had they stayed together. I mean, honest to God, if the Pac-12 had just accepted – their their low ball offer from ESPN, which frankly wasn't that low ball given what they what they were doing at the time, uh, they'd be fine, and we'd be talking about the best conference in college football. Yes, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable how collective arrogance and sort of paralysis could destroy a, a pretty storied 
conference. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, but it's happened. Let's let's get back to the Big Twelve. Oklahoma and West Virginia sit atop. Of course, they both play each other uh, later this year. Uh, West Virginia is four and one. They lost to Penn State uh, first game of the year, uh, Paul. So they're not undefeated, uh, but they are playing a different brand of ball. They're they're running their quarterback heavily. Uh, they are trying to uh, they're trying to lean on an offense that is strong on the offensive line and a defense that can I think defend the run pretty well. Uh, your your thoughts on OU and West Virginia right now at the top of the heap? Well, I think the great ringing of hands on the boards post. Texas loss was what if West Virginia goes undefeated, right? Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched that team and, and I think they're a great story. I have a ton of respect for how hard they play and the more contrarian style with which they're playing. And they're just winning games that they, uh, and they just stay in them and slug and slug and slug. And, and they, they come out with a W even though they've got a really easy schedule. If you look at the back half of their, their conference schedule, um, I, it is more likely they lose two or three games in conference than they go undefeated. So, you know, if Texas wins out, I'm not concerned about West Virginia usurping our chances. It's just, I, I just don't think it's a main consideration if you run the, run the numbers. It seems to me of the next group, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, and Texas Tech, Texas Tech and Kansas outside of Texas are the ones that you, you got to see exactly who they play and what might go on the rest of the way for those two. Uh, the Jayhawks uh, still without Jalen Daniels, I think, uh, at least for right now, but maybe on his way back, still put up a ton of points on UCF this past weekend. What do you think about Kansas and Texas Tech the rest of the way? Kansas utterly dominated UCF. I mean, 51 to 22 was like the final score. I don't yeah, think it was, it was worse than that. It was worse than that at one point. I mean, Jason Bean threw the ball 10 or 12 times. They turned around and handed the ball off to three Kansas running backs. One of them I'd never seen, and it's my job to know all of their running backs. So uh, Hishaw went off for 100-plus. Devin Neal went off for 100-plus, and their third stringer went off for 100-plus. And they were just handing off the ball, Bobby. They ran for 400 yards just running off tackle. Uh, they dominated, and uh, UCF did not much to say about it. Uh, so that was interesting to me. I still think that they're a team that's incredibly dangerous on offense. And particularly as Jason Bean gets more in the groove or Jalen Daniels can return either one. And then on defense, they've got some fatal flaws. You know, they don't, they don't have good linebacking. Uh, they've got some guys in their secondary and, and their, their front is not as awful as people think, but you know, those are pretty poor qualifiers. Right. So look, I just think that, Kansas, if they can get into some ball control on offense and sort of dominate the pace of the game, I, they're certainly capable of upsetting anyone, beating anyone in the conference, and certainly capable of upsetting OU when they host them in Lawrence. It's it's possible. Got it. I, I think that that's going to be a score fest, if I'm not mistaken. I, I just get that feeling really, really, really strong. Um, the the rest of the group is is like, what do we even make of right now? Oklahoma State. They're one and one. They lose really badly to South Alabama. But they come out and they kind of dominate Kansas State. Now, Kansas State turned the ball over an untold number of times. But Mike Gundy went with Bradford and uh, Alan Bradford. And it seems to make the, the – or Alan Bowman, excuse me. That seems to be the right call for them right now. And uh, maybe they maybe they make a little mid-run here. They've got Oklahoma later this season as well. Gundy's a good coach, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that Oklahoma State team is not very good. But they – 
changed and refined some things in their running game with Ollie Gordon, who's a good back. Oklahoma State always has a good back. I don't. It's like a birthright to their university. Guys you've never heard of who end up playing in the NFL for six years, right? But uh, he's a good coach, man. They they had a bye week. They fixed a bunch of stuff. They look terrible. South Alabama kicked their butts, and that's a that's a that's a three and three, four and three conference USA team, right? So uh, I, I just I think he's a good coach. I still don't think they have a lot of talent. I'm not, I don't think they're a major contender. Could they go around and knock somebody off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Gundy, but I, I don't I don't think Oklahoma State's got legs. All right, uh, of the remaining teams, TCU, we talked about. They're kind of wait and see what happens the rest of the way. They're going to be a team that's right now three and three, but has the capacity to beat teams from, from here until the rest of the season. Baylor at one and two in conference, two and four overall. Mac Rhodes on Wednesday came out and said that he had talked to Dave Aranda about his offense, not his defense, but his offense. I don't know about you, uh, uh, Paul, but I wouldn't want the athletic director talking about either side of the ball with my head football coach if the head football coach wanted to keep his job. I, I think that was a shot across the bow by Mac Rose, the AD at Baylor, towards Dave Aranda. I guess. What's he going to do about it? He's going to lose his job, most likely. Well, but he's got a contract through 2029. <laughs> Baylor's going to pass the hat? May have to. That's what it sounds okay. like to me. You might be right. Uh, I don't know. What, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a good read on the Baylor – alumni i know they're frustrated i don't know their collective will to pass the hat and pay off what should be a very sizable buyout we don't know because it's a private university and we're not privy but we know it's the contract goes through 2029 uh one of many instances where ad's get really excited about one great season and and extend someone into perpetuity right and uh boy it just keeps happening and i guess it will keep happening it's it ain't their money, right, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly the truth. I mean, I, what about Cincinnati? You hear anything on the Bearcats? They they're two and three. They have the new coach Satterfield. I just I just don't think they're very good, even though they do have a decent defensive front. You agree with that? They're just not good. I mean, they're just not very good. The quarterback is athletic, turns it over a lot. This is his third stop. He's still doing the same stuff that he did it prior to Florida and Arizona State. They got him benched. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a team that lost a lot because they lost their coach. I mean, uh, they just, you know, it's, it's a tough deal. And uh, I don't know, they, they kind of had their little run with OU and, and showed out well. And I think that's probably the highlight of their season. So we'll see. Got it. All right. So, so let's handicap this a little bit. Uh, Choices right now, in your opinion, for going to the Big 12 championship. Is it OU in Texas? It's OU in Texas. Um, you know, I guess the people that you, I mean, past that, you're talking yourself into some stuff, aren't you, Bobby? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like, okay, I think OU and Texas are, are the two best teams in the conference, most likely. And then there's another tier, which I think right now is probably Kansas and Texas Tech and maybe Kansas State. And then you have a West Virginia, Iowa State. BYU, that group, and and maybe TCU. So because of the lack of round robin scheduling, Bob, 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 <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Bob, uh, because of that, it's very difficult because these these schedules are not apples to apples, right? 
it's not even apples to bananas. Some of these schedules are apples to, to snowplows. Like it's, it's a different world of scheduling. Uh, Kansas, so here's the anti-Kansas argument. They go to Oklahoma State. They host Oklahoma. They go to Iowa State. They host Tech. They host Kansas State. And then they go to Cincinnati. So even sort of the bad teams they play, it's on the road or, you know, it's in a tougher, tougher spot or situational spot. And then they play all the other remaining good teams in the Big 12, at least we think. Uh, and they already have a loss to Texas. So that's a tough deal for them. Kansas State and Tech also have similar, like they play all the other good teams, whereas OU just, they just, I mean. It other was, than uh, West Virginia, they managed to get out of it. And maybe Kansas. OU and West Virginia got great scheduling. And, and it's very favorable to them. I just don't think West Virginia has the depth or the talent to go undefeated, even against a favorable schedule over the remainder of Big 12 play. And I think it's probably more likely they lose a game or two. Uh, so Texas needs to win out. I don't know what's going to happen in the, the middle of the Big 12, all trading losses and wins. I guess I season end, there's going to be a bunch of five and four and four and five teams, Bobby. And then there's going to be a couple of teams at the outlying top. And there's going to be some really bad teams at the outlying bottom who go two and seven in conference play or something. So you mentioned that. I got to say this about West Virginia. Um, I, was, I was listening to the game, uh, their game this past weekend. And they, the beginning of this season, they were picked 14th in the conference. Yes. Uh, and they apparently broke every huddle and every practice in August uh, with the number 14. Yes. And I thought that was a, that was a very interesting, a good point. Uh, they're at now, as we talked about, uh, doing really well. They're four and zero in, or three and zero in, con or two and zero in conference, four and one overall, and they look like a solid team. Uh, and so I'm kind of rooting for Neil Brown right now. All right, uh, Paul, that'll do it for today's tale of the tape. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas. I'm holding you to it in the Big Twelve championship game. Okay. All right. I'm hold. I'm. I'm. I'm a hundred. I'm so steadfast in all bad predictions after saying after not seeing how texas would lose to ou last week so i'm <laughs> shook. Uh, it, it happens, paul. all right uh, that's paul wadlington of inside texas uh, remember check us out on insidetexas.com uh, we have a special right now two months for one dollar that's two months for one dollar when you use promo code otfit23 that's otfit23 uh, for paul wadlington i'm bobby burton that's been tale of the tape brought to you by gabe winslow of mortgages by Gabe.